the response I got from a lot of people was, well, it's just hair. It's going to grow back. Yeah. I, I understand that hair is going to grow back. I, I, you know, I've had hair on my head basically my entire life. I know how that works. That does not make me feel any better about losing it. We're going to have negative thoughts. We're going to have negative emotions. We are going through obstacles in life. It might be like a long-term thing. It might be a short-term thing that we're going through this, but it prevents growth when you're not validating someone's emotions. Hi, everyone. Welcome to season two. This is Shauna. And this is Rosalina. And we're your hosts for Too Young for This Shit podcast. This podcast is not just about boobs, but a journey with cancer. We are young millennials open about giving you our raw and unfiltered look into our lives. We are in no way medical professionals, nor are we offering medical advice. Any medical references are cited directly from public websites or from our personal diagnosis. Some topics and stories may be triggering to those who are fighting, have fought, or have loved someone with cancer. Hey, everyone. Hi, guys. We're recording this in April. It's actually like a few days until I had my surgery this time last year. So it's kind of a weird moment for me. (laughs) I'm hitting my one year since surgery. Do you feel like it's just like you can't even believe that that was a year ago, but then it also feels like yesterday? Yeah, it definitely does. Because I'm just getting like flashbacks of how I felt during that time, especially when like my brother was here. If you haven't listened to season one, briefly, I I talked about how it hit me the day that I was getting the surgery and how my brother being there was a very surreal moment for me. I would never forget that moment actually. But um, so how are you doing, Shauna? I'm doing well. I was able to schedule my revision surgery. So that's like been a really good win in my, in my life right now. I'm just like really excited. It it has me thinking a lot about my um, double mastectomy and like the recovery. And, you know, it just, it seems like that my double mastectomy was, it has me thinking about recovery and getting surgical bras back out and like having to bring out all of my surgery stuff again. It's, uh, (laughs) but it's like, I'm so excited. I'm so pumped for it. I am not scared. I like, I wish it was tomorrow to be completely honest with you. I wish I could just like, there's like, I don't have any nerves about it. I'm going to just like go in and like rock that surgery. I'm so pumped for it. Shauna's surgery is a week before mine. So (laughs) I think it's like, kind of cool in a way that we're both going through this together, like how you went through chemo and radiation together. So it's like, I love it in the sense that we're able to like recover and like message each other if there's something wrong or happening. (laughs) Yeah. Prepare notes. Yeah. So So it's like going to, it's going to be like treatment all over again for us in a weird way. It's just like, (laughs) do you feel this pain? How are you feeling? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm actually really happy that ours are so close together because, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, we get to be there for each other again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in like a positive way. I know. And speaking, being positive. So toxic positivity by definition is a way of responding to your own or someone else's suffering that comes across as a lack of empathy. 
It dismisses emotions instead of affirming them and could come from a place of discomfort. Toxic positivity usually isn't intended to cause harm and often happens in situations when we want to help, but we don't exactly know what to say. And I think that that happens quite often, especially when it comes to a cancer diagnosis. Right. And if you don't know the signs of toxic positivity, I'm just going to give examples. When you're brushing off problems rather than facing them, when you're hiding or masking your true feelings, when people tell you to choose happy, when you're hiding your true feelings behind a feel-good quote that seems more socially acceptable, especially on the social media platforms, when you're minimizing other people's feelings because they make you uncomfortable, when people are shaming other people when they don't have a positive attitude, which is a huge, huge thing um, with Positivity. I think this is really important. When someone tells you to get over it, talking about like your situation, and then people just say, get over it. So those are like the signs of toxic positivity. I think now we see it in the news, like toxic positivity. We see it on Instagram being kind of like talked about now. And I think we live like now in a time of accountability, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I, I believe that we're trying to hold other people accountable. Yes. And I, you know, like when you know better, you do better. So I'm glad that this is like being talked about and being kind of like present now in our modern day. And now that mental health is also, you know, kind of very much talked about. I mean, yes. I think a lot of people still hide it, but it's definitely more people are like really talking about it and people yes. are really coming together that are diagnosed with certain different, you know, whether it's different mental, you know, mental illnesses or whatever, but like it's being talked about. It's not taboo anymore and it's not seen as not a at all. at all. Yeah, absolutely. And I think talking about it holds other people accountable. Absolutely. I'm glad that it is. But I also think too, like when you know better, you do better. And it's not a bad thing to do. Like you can politely correct somebody. I mean, I didn't politely correct that person that said it to me. <laughs> I just let them know that it didn't make me feel any better. But like, it, I think it's okay to, to say like, that doesn't change that I feel really upset about this. When I first saw on Instagram that someone posted about toxic positivity, I was like, huh. This is interesting. And then so when they gave like examples, each slide, I would be like, yes, I I felt this before. And that's when I realized, especially since going through this cancer diagnosis, that I had people <laughs> say some responses that were pretty toxic. But you didn't know that it was called like I didn't even know it had a it had a name. Like I didn't know the term had a name. Like, I know that I was experiencing it. And I like, yes, like you said, like reading this check, feel this check, feel this, but like, oh, this, this has a, this has a name now. Yes, exactly. I'm able to put a name to it. Exactly. Shauna, you want to give examples of what you went through? I think that there was a couple of moments that really upset me to the point where I ended up saying something because I was raging <laughs> inside. But um, when, right. when I was talking about losing my hair. That was, I think, the biggest, the worst case of toxic positivity that I've had since being diagnosed. And, you know, I would share my fears of losing my hair. We, we talked about it in season one a lot. Like, this is our identity. 
this is on my head. This is what the first thing people see other than my face. And we don't want to look sick. I didn't want to lose it and didn't, I didn't want to look sick. And the response I got from a lot of people was, well, it's just hair. It's going to grow back. Yeah. I I understand that hair is going to grow back. I, I, you know, I've had hair on my head basically my entire life. I know how that works. That does not make me feel any better about losing it. And you dismissed, like, I feel like my feelings and my, I was super emotional about it and almost like, just like on a chopping block. That's like the end of the conversation about it. I had heard it a few times and I kind of let it go. And then I had somebody say it to me and I, I didn't lose it, but I I definitely said it in like a certain tone. It was like, that doesn't make me feel any better. in person, someone told you this? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like I had a certain amount of people that had said it to me and that was just like, I think the phrase that like cut the deepest, right? you know, or the response that cut the deepest was like, oh, it's just hair. It will grow back. So easy to say when you're not losing your own hair, you know? I also received a response of, you know, it's just hair. You could wear a colorful wig. Get cute turbans. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And when you're losing your identity, it's really hard to get that back by just wearing a wig or wearing just a fashionable accessory on your head. For me, (laughs) at least, when I was trying on wigs, it was really difficult for me to look at myself in the mirror and say, this is Rosalina. (laughs) And my boyfriend would say, oh, the wig looks good on you. Okay, like, it looks good. But do I feel like myself? It's not me. No, it's not me. Yes. Mm -hmm. When someone says it's just hair, I want to like respond back and say, you don't know what I'm going through because if you went through the same thing as me, then you wouldn't say that to someone, you know, like I definitely would never say that to someone. And I don't think, and to be honest, like even if I didn't go through the cancer diagnosis, I would never have said that to anyone that it's just hair. That's not something that I would say to someone. So I'm just really surprised. That would never be my response to somebody. That would never be my first response to somebody that says to me, I have to go through chemotherapy and I am terrified to lose my hair. That would never be a response for me. That's even before being diagnosed with cancer. I would never say something like that to somebody. Yeah, me either. At the time that I was going through my cancer diagnosis, like in the beginning stages, there would be a lot of people who would say really positive things to me. There's a good balance, right? But when I saw this information about toxic positivity, I reflected back what people have said. And then I also realized that like, shit, I totally felt this because I was masking my true feelings. I did feel guilty when I complained about, you know, what was happening to me. I felt like I had to be strong. I felt like I had to be positive in order to get through this cancer journey. This journey is not linear. And I don't know if cancer is ever going to come back. I have to be realistic. I know that that could happen. And I read it all the time on the Facebook support group. Just yesterday, last night, like there's this woman who 
said that she had a recurrence in the same breast. I read that. And that's so upsetting, right? Like she she said 3.5 years later and I have a recurrence. I also, I believe like not talking about all these real things and all these real fears and all of these real situations that could possibly happen. You know, I, I'm an anxious person. I'm constantly thinking about like, what could happen because I need to prepare myself, you know, like I need to, I need to know all the possibilities I need to. And it's not like, I, I think I have said it on previous, like, I don't, it's not, I've said it to my therapist a million times. Like, I don't want to live like this. It's exhausting. But I also not talking about it. And then this happens and everyone is devastated. Like, I don't know. I just feel like you can't not talk about these real things that are happening and just like pretend that it, it couldn't happen. And then everyone, when it does happen, everyone's like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. And it's like, well, because we were all trying to not talk about it. We're trying to mask it. We're trying to spin it. Oh, let's think positively so that this doesn't ever happen. It's just ask backwards in a weird way. We could be positive about it and pretend that it doesn't, but then God forbid it does. I think too, sometimes it's okay to like have your moment of pity. Like you're the one that's dealing with this. And like, maybe I want to sit in my own shit today, you know, and maybe tomorrow I want to crawl out of it. Like sometimes you just need somebody to maybe sit in it with you for a moment and just be like, I hear you. I know you're having a bad day. It's okay. Like, it's okay to have a moment of it's not weakness. It's not at all weakness. It's like a moment of feeling everything and releasing it. I get it. Sometimes people can't handle all this negative talk. And that's why they try to say things positively for their own sake, not really for the other person sometimes. But that's not how it works. I want to say this other thing that like when you shut someone down, whether it's intentional or not, and they're trying to share something difficult with you, you create a disconnect. A hundred percent. And I agree. For me, when I open up to someone, it's a huge deal because I don't open up to everyone. When I do and I get shut down (laughs) with whatever feelings I have, like I create like a barrier between you and I. And that also means that I don't want to share things with you anymore. To be honest, like that's what happened with my mom, I don't share as much as I did before, but I'm trying to protect myself from getting angry. <laughs> I think that happens with a lot of people. I, I'm that same way. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit more of an open book, um, but those big feelings where it's like you have a reaction. And I, you know, used to be a very big reactor pre breast cancer and now I'm not, but like internally I'm raging. I don't want to feel that. And I'm with you. Like, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to have to act out because somebody else said something stupid. Right. I don't want to be that person. (laughs) Yeah. So that's difficult. That's like super. And it's, it's gotta be more difficult with a parent. I mean, my dad was not like that at all. My dad, he kept saying like, what can I do for you? I wish you weren't going through this. Like I wish I could take away all like all the pain that you're going through like my dad was very valid like validated my feelings very much and he listened and he let me cry I didn't do it to him a lot though I didn't do it to him a lot because my dad was terrified dad was like I think he took it worse than I did if that's even like possible I'm not a parent you're not a parent but I can't imagine what that's Mm -hmm. like to watch your your children go through this and it's horrible absolutely yeah and in a weird way like I found myself masking my feelings. I I did call him when I had like, when it was just a lot, like, 
or I would talk to him and then all of a sudden we'd be talking and then it's like a floodgate opened and I would just, but I never really called him to really share like my scared feelings of like reoccurrence or anything because he's already scared. And I felt like, you know, I'm not telling him things because he, I don't want to say he's fragile because it's not, he's like really strong. He's really like a strong guy, but like mentally as well. But I didn't want to like put that on him. Yeah. I really liked that your dad responded with, how can I help you? I think that's super important to say to someone when they're going through like a rough patch, right? Like whatever they're going through, it's best to respond with, how can I help you? Or I know you're going through a rough time. How can I support you? Or I'll be there whenever you need me. Call me anytime. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. Absolutely. My number one response is, how can I help you? What can I do for you? How can I be there for you? You know, I had a friend who lost her her boyfriend this summer. And, you know, I said, like, I, I think I had said to her, like, how can I help you? What can I do for you? Like, what do you need me to be for you? Right. Do you need me to be the friend that, like, brings you a coffee in the morning to get you up? Do you need me to be yes. that, that friend that is going to help you get to where you got to go, pick you up? During chemo, like people brought me food, which was so nice. Like I loved that. But then like sometimes I just, I needed that friend to, to call and just like lay my shit on and just say like, I'm having a hard time or I'm, I'm feeling this or I'm feeling that. I have friends, you know, like, can you take me to chemo one day? Like those people that are just so great about like articulating, like, like what can I be for you? And I don't think like a lot of people say that. I agree. Or they do, but they're not like in those terms. But I love those examples that you just gave because that is something a true friend (laughs) would say to someone. One of the things that I really loved was when my boyfriend would say, hey, do you want to take a walk? Like, I love that. Yes, let's go for a walk. I need I need to go for a walk. The other thing that really helped was when my brother and my sister-in-law was here you know, they would ask me like, you want me to get you anything? You want me to cook you anything? And that was like the best thing <laughs> that they could, they could have done as yeah. well. There was one episode that, that I had. I was in recovery when I just did my single mastectomy. And I was still like researching online. I found that, you know, drinking alcohol can increase your risk of getting breast cancer. And so I had like a moment. I was like hysterically crying because at the end of the day, like I do like the taste of alcohol. I do like going to a bar and just like experiencing that or just like having a drink with a friend. I love doing that as a social thing. When someone Or when something tells you that you can no longer do something, it crushes you because you're like, but wait, like I don't have that option anymore. And so when I read that, they let me like cry. One of the things that that they did say that I liked was they said, well, like you live in LA. LA is all about fitness and not everyone actually drinks here. And so you could probably find ways to not drink alcohol. They gave me like a different mindset instead of saying, oh, well, too bad. 
if you think that whatever you're going to say is going to help the person think differently, then go for it. But like, don't dismiss how they're feeling, though. Like, that's the only thing that you shouldn't do. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Uh, The other response is, oh, you're going to get through this. Like, it's like, I feel like it's such an abrupt, like, statement. You're going to get through this. How do you know I'm going to get through this? The most generic response, I feel like, to you're you're strong, you're young, you're going to get through this, you're going to bounce back. And in a weird way, I didn't love those. I didn't love that either. I didn't love it. But I had a moment with Matt where it was like a hard moment. And he had said to me, like, we are going to get through this. We're going to get through this together. And I was like, that's okay. Like, to me, like, that was one of the biggest, like, like supportive things that somebody could have said. And especially him. Like, I love that. You're not alone. We're doing this together. And I'm getting, like, emotional about it. Yeah, me too, actually. I didn't know I needed that. I know. I didn't know I needed that statement as much as I did. Mm -hmm. And, like, especially, like, for the people that were close to me, you know, who said that to me. It it just made me feel like I wasn't alone. And and it was, like, the most generic response. Like, oh, you're going to get through this. But it's, like, different when we are going to do this. We, We got you. And, like, that to me was the best thing probably that. Maybe most like toxic statement, <laughs> but not. I, I don't know how to. I don't know how to gauge that. But did you ever feel like maybe sometimes your doctors gave you some toxic positivity? Yes, I could tell you exactly what my plastic surgeon has said to me. I know. I know exactly <laughs> what you're gonna say. Yeah, but mo- yeah, you're young. You're young. You're gonna bounce back from this. You're gonna handle this so well. And it's like still doesn't make me feel better that I have to do chemo. Still doesn't make me feel better that I have to do radiation. I I had talked about it in our radiation episode of being like, um, yeah, everyone just kept telling me I'm young and I'm going to bounce back and this is better than chemo. And I felt really, I was like lied to. I felt like I was lied to. I was very thrown off by that because I I went in like now, like all these positive things that are being thrown at me of how great I'm going to handle this. And I didn't, I didn't handle it well at all. Yes, exactly. How can toxic positivity affect you and how it's like harmful when you're suffering? The person that you're talking to needs to know that your emotions are valid from friends, from family, whoever you're talking to. And it causes guilt when something goes wrong and someone says, oh, it's okay. You're going to get through this. (laughs) That's not a good response to have. And it prevents growth. We're humans. Yeah. We're going to have negative thoughts. We're going to have negative emotions. We are going through obstacles in life. It might be like a long-term thing. It might be a short-term thing that we're going through this. But it prevents growth when you're not validating someone's emotions. Because it denies the ability to challenge our feelings please, please don't try to say something positive when it's going to harm the person who's telling you how they're actually feeling. I've experienced a lot of guilt Mm post-treatment. A lot of people just think I'm done. You know, I've gotten a lot of people come up to me, oh, you're, you're good now, right? You're done. You're like, you know, you're, you're, you're good. And I'm like, am I good? Am I good? Like, it doesn't just end here. It's like, they don't know. They don't know that there's a whole other treatment that, you know, hormone treatment that we have to do post treatment. They don't know that I still have one more surgery left. Like in their head, I'm good. And then I sit there and I'm like, I am not good. I am emotionally not good. 
I am physically not good. And then I sit here and I'm like, yeah, but I'm in remission. I should feel good, right? I keep, I keep in my, you know, I keep saying like, I should be happy, right? I should be like literally screaming it off of the the 59th Street Bridge, like that I'm in remission. And once I got my PET scan back and it was like confirmed, there was no, no evidence of disease. Like I didn't feel happy. Like, of course I was like, oh, relieved, like, great. But I didn't feel happy because I was still having yeah, me all too. these things going on. Right. I wasn't, I really mm-hmm. wasn't. You know, I, I did end up posting it on my personal Instagram that I was in remission. Just like, you know, I had a lot of people rooting for me. I did. And and I wanted to give an update and, and it just sounded like I was way more excited in my posts than I am in real life. And it felt a little not authentic. I had known about it for a week before I posted it. Yeah. Literally. Like I just, it, it mm-hmm. felt really, I don't know, I, it, to post it and be like, you know, cancer free. Like I, I didn't do that for me. I did that for everyone else. It makes me also feel bad that I'm not excited because there's people that haven't gotten to where I've gotten to. There's people that will never get to where I've gotten to. And, you know, as far as remission goes and, and we, you know, there's women my age that are dying from breast cancer, you know, and younger there's, you know, and it's like the guilt that I have for not feeling like I'm in a good place right now is, is like eating me alive. It's full blown eating me alive. That guilt is real. And that guilt is causing like stress in my body. That is just not good. Yeah. I definitely feel you in in the sense of like when you announced that you were quote unquote cancer free or had no evidence of disease, like I was relieved as well, but I wasn't like happy (laughs) when I posted it. It was actually on my birthday because I... (laughs) I scheduled my appointment with my oncologist on my birthday, whatever I did. And I did ask her, like, I see all the time on like Facebook groups or like everywhere that people were quote unquote cancer free. Like, what does that mean for me? And so she did say like, at this time, there are no evidence of disease. Okay. At this moment, we know that there is no cancer cells in my body. Essentially, there's no guarantee that it's not going to yeah. come back. It's yeah. just right in this moment. Yeah, I, I know my feeling. So like another thing I just wanted to say, when you receive toxic responses, you should give yourself permission to feel your feelings. Don't try to avoid those emotions. Just give yourself permission to feel them. You don't have to react. Or sometimes when you think it's necessary, you can tell the person, hey, that response didn't make me feel good. Here are some of the ways that maybe you could say things or like help me. Whatever response (laughs) will help you, just like let that person know. Because I think it's super important to communicate that. Just want to piggyback off that. Like, I do believe that, like, I'm very passionate about, like, it is okay to correct if somebody says something that's not. And I think that we all have had moments of, like, where we've lashed out. And I also think, too, like, we're, again, we're human. I'm not saying that that is the correct way to do it, but I also give yourself some grace. If you get that upset over what somebody's saying to you, and like that is your response, that is also valid. It might not be like the most polite way or the the right way or the correct way to handle the situation. But if you've had done that, that's okay. 
we've all had our moments where we lashed out. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah. Another thing is that if you don't feel comfortable like voicing that, you can also like write it down. Do something in the sense that like allows you to just open up with how you're feeling, whether that's like talking to a therapist, writing it down, or just like talking to that person directly. Yeah. And walking away is really not also a bad way to handle it. Like yeah, it's okay walking to away also too. just like kind of maybe shut it down. Yeah. Like shut it down. Take yourself out of the situation if it's not going to be good for you. Especially when they say, oh, but you're going to get a new set of boobs. Just walk away. Oh, <laughs> just literally walk even, away. Well, we have that. That's another one that we did not discuss. That's been a big one. Oh, so you get a boob job. It's like a free boob job. That's like, I think that's right next to the hair. Yeah. The hair response. Like that is a hundred percent. That's like number, I feel like that's number two. Just fucking walk away. I'm sorry. That's like a really rude response. Really rude response. Like I had a good friend who was like, oh, you get some new tits. And I'm like, I mean, I guess like, yeah. I mean, they kind of took my old one. So I guess, yeah, that's what's happening. But then she followed it up. She's like, you know, like, is, is the your reconstruction similar to like a normal boob job? Like how is, how is it different? Like she asked questions and I, I didn't feel a certain type of way, but it was, it was like just a very weird way to, to kind of be like, Oh yeah. Like new tits. Great. You know, no, don't get me wrong. Like if I can go up a size from what I was like, cool, I'm be, I'll be okay with that. But at the same time, like, I wish I never had to go through this. So like those new, new tits is not like, when I say like new tits, I say it in quotation marks. Like, like it's not like, the, the pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. Like this is reconstruction. This is not, this is not a boob job. I never, ever in my whole entire fucking life wanted a boob job. I never wanted implants, but here I Me am. Neither. And Me neither. I've elected to get it because I made the choice that I still want my breast. And so in order to do that, I elected to get implants. That's my choice, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I get a new set of tits. Like, no. <laughs> right. And I I did it because I just want a sense of normalcy. I had breasts before this. I want breasts after it. I also wanted to mention, just because we're telling you all the things that happen to us in the sense of like toxic responses that people have said doesn't necessarily mean that like we haven't done that either. Like I I just want to preface that like I am also learning from this situation as well in the sense of I could just give you like a great example. Like my best friend is going through a huge heartbreak like months and her friends say to like get over it but obviously my best friend is is not so that's just another way where like you have to recognize that the person is still not doing well and and they're still going through this and you just need to be there you can't tell the person to get over something i just want to say that as well that like I'm also learning, being careful what I'm saying, even though they're going through a heartbreak. And for me, I'm like, oh, but like, just get over them. 
Like it's that easy. It's not easy. I'm learning as well. And I'm, just because like these phrases, I don't want to say, I guess offended me or hurt me or I felt a certain type of way doesn't mean that other people are. You know, some people maybe find that, oh, you get a free boob job. Like that doesn't bother them. Or, you know, oh, but hair grows back. That might not bother somebody else. There's been women in the support groups that have lost their hair that have said that to other cancer patients. Just because it's bothering me and we're talking about these are just our personal, you know, the situations and things that have been said to us doesn't mean it is ultimately going to offend you. Yeah. And like, you know, phrases like you're so strong, you're such a warrior may not offend people too. Like I remember in the beginning of my diagnosis when I received texts from family and friends, like, you know, they would say those things. The most important thing for me was that they thought of me and they took the time to send me a message. Like that was way more important to me than like whatever they said in the message, you know? Right. Like dissecting, dissecting what they had said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just think, you know, it's okay to feel feel your feelings. Let it out in however way that, you know, like we talked about writing it down, talking to therapists are literally angels on earth. If I didn't have my therapist, I don't know where I'd be right now. And take care of yourself and just allow yourself to feel it, feel, you know, and allow yourself grace while you're doing it. Thank you all for listening and supporting our podcast. Sharing our stories with you has been incredibly healing for both of us. And we hope it helps other women in their journeys through breast cancer. Ladies, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and fellow breasties. Help us reach more women by subscribing and rating us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now on YouTube. You can follow us on Instagram at TYFTS Podcast and email us at TYFTS Podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys, so shoot us a message. We will link any resources from the episode in our show notes. 